This is How Have You Not Seen, a movie podcast where we fill in the gaps in each other's cinematic knowledge by asking important questions like, whoa, you never watched Aliens? Or you seriously have never seen Pops Are Never Stop Never Stopping? Or how have you not seen Inside? Welcome back to How Have You Not Seen. I am your co-host, Carson Betts. And I am your other co-host, Caroline Thompson. Uh, This is a movie podcast where every week, uh, one of us brings one of our favorite movies that the other hasn't seen. We talk about it. Uh, And then we watch the movie. And then we talk about it some more. I'm not, this, I don't think this is going to be a good time. It's not. (laughs) I'm calling my shot now. I don't think I'm going to have a good time with this at all. Oh, yeah. I guess you're right. Yeah. 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 Uh, so we'll just, we'll say it. This is actually, I think, a really good question. How have you not seen Bo Burnham's Inside? Because who wants to fucking watch that during the height of the pandemic, dude? <laughs> like, seriously. I wanted to so desperately. And I have not... I'll, I'll just say this. This is kind of the background for us doing this episode, in my mind. Uh, I saw this when it came out. Huge, have have been a huge Bo Burnham fan. I, he's one of those guys, and we'll maybe talk about this a little bit more in the last half, but he's one of those guys that, like, is, like, five years older than me, and so I think has always been, like, kind of where his, like, performance is is always evolving and maturing with where I'm at. So, mm-hmm. like, his his silly dumb shit that he wrote on YouTube was really funny to be in high school, and then his, like, slightly more polished stand-up stuff was incredibly cool to me when I was like in early college. And then like when I got when I was like out of college and uh 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 oh god what's it called? What is the name of his movie? When it came out, I was like eighth grade. When eighth grade came out, I was like, oh holy fucking shit. Like oh my God. Um and then obviously the you know the pandemic is a thing and it threw the wrench in that. But so I, I'm like, this is going to be kind of the zenith of his creative expression like this. And I, I think it is. I, I, I'm interested to see upon rewatch what I, I think. But I watched yes. that movie. Was fucked up by it, as everyone was. Uh, I ha- spoke to a lot of people who like when they released the album of it, like people were just really people, I think, even had not seen the special were really getting in on the songs because a lot of them are cool and funny and good. Um, I have never wanted to re-listen to an album for a musical more than inside because the idea of going back into that world is fucking terrifying yeah yeah well and that's i mean that's kind of the thing right is like i remember when this was coming out it was like oh my god he like he did it he perfectly like encapsulated like what it is like living in this right now like in this moment in this time in this thing and um i hated living in that time in that moment yeah thing so i was yeah. like i was like i believe it and i heard from a lot of people i heard from multiple people they were like hey like don't throw this on as a movie night like this is almost yeah. like this is almost like 
you know, like deep DBT exposure therapy, like (laughs) a little. Yeah. And so I was like, and so a lot of people were like, don't put this on with other people, like really sit down and like watch this one by yourself, like really like take this one in. And I was like, okay. And then every time I was by myself and I was going to put something on, I'm like, that sounds fucking terrible. Yeah. That sounds so bad. Yeah. And like, I'm not saying it's not good for me. I'm not saying that like I shouldn't eat my vegetables. I'm not saying that I shouldn't take my my medicine. I'm not saying that I that I shouldn't do these things. It's just um, if left to my own devices, I don't want to fucking do that. That sounds awful. Yeah. So yeah, and we're we're focusing a lot on the on the kind of back half of it. Y- yeah, it is more the back half. A lot of this is really fun, and the creativity of it is incredible to watch. So um, I have heard. Yeah, I'm I'm oh. fascinated to see just uh, two. It's I think it's almost two years to. When did it come out? In summer, right? Like summer 2020. No, it was like I thought it was because like, this in Palm Springs. I thought came out like back to back. Look, um, I don't, I can't, I don't know how time works generally. And if I cast my mind a year oh, and no. a half ago, it, it there's a year and a half long, you know, yeah. it just. You're right. It's May 2021. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So this is almost exactly two years to the date, which is pretty poetic it's perfect um yeah sorry in my head this was um in my head because i graduated may of 2021 Mm -hmm. in my head this was like peak covid grad school stuff i thought this came out a lot earlier look it's all one big one big smudge you know yeah yeah oh god well caroline what do you know about inside we've already kind of talked about it yeah i mean so it is a it is a one man uh, film that mm-hmm. uh, Bo Burnham made um, by himself, literally inside. Mm-hmm. Like he shot, edited, directed, wrote, did everything, performed, um, like made the entire thing by himself, basically like in old school YouTube fashion, mm-hmm. um, like in his apartment at the height of lockdown. And um, again, I have mentioned it is like, it is like deep DBT exposure therapy, apparently. Like it is, it is apparently a very, very, very deep psychological like really uh you know um really affecting really harrowing I don't know if harrowing is the right word but like really like deeply deeply stirring and upsetting in many ways and depressing work which makes sense because another reason I haven't seen this and I should have mentioned this before is because I saw Make Happy yeah, like, yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's incredible. Yeah. But it was that thing where it was like, I remember I was like hanging out with a friend a few years, like like when it came out. I was like, oh, Bo Burnham put out a new special. We should, like, we're having fun on a Saturday night. We should, like, put yeah. that on and, like, drink a beer while, like, we watch Make Happy. And it was that same thing, kind of like what you guys are talking about is, like, the first two thirds of that thing are so funny and hysterical and amazing. And then it mm-hmm. just, like, takes that turn. And, like, that movie ends and you're like, like, I really have to like stop and consider some things now. Like you, yeah. like you're not like, like, you know, it, it was really affecting. Like I remember just like sitting on my couch and just like sitting there with a friend and we just kind of like, we're like, hold on. Like, let's just take a minute. Like, let's like, let's just think first. Like, let's just be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> so I imagine uh, it's relatively similar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, do you, do you just want to get in the game? Yeah, let's do it. I'm really fucking excited <laughs> this week. All right, so this is a game. I'm making it up for this episode. I love that. This is a game called Bo Burnham or Blank. I am going to read 
two statements. And you're going to guess if what which one is Bo Burnham and it, which one is the other person. Ready? Who's the other person? Well, it's got to be three different people. Oh, okay. All right, let me... And are these okay. all lines? Are these allegedly These are all from, from inside. inside? Okay, these great. are all from inside. So the first one is Bo Burnham or Taylor Swift. Wonderful. Uh, okay. So the first statement is, oh, can we just get a pause? To be certain we'll be tall again. Whether weather be the frost or the violence of the dog days, I'm on waves out being tossed. Okay, give me, give me that one more time. Can't not think of all the cost and the things that will be lost. Oh, can we just get a pause to be certain we'll be tall again? Whether weather be the frost or the violence of the dog days, I'm on waves out being tossed. Second one, and I do, and these are going to get harder as they go along. Yeah. So get ready. Well, do you want me to guess as we go, or we're going to do two two at a time? We'll do okay. Yeah, and then the second statement in this first one, Bo Burnham or Taylor Swift. Uh, total disassociation, fully out of your mind, googling derealization, hating what you find. That unapparent summer air in early fall, the quiet comprehending of the ending of it all. Okay, the first one's Taylor Swift. The second one's Bo Burnham. Correct. Good job. They get harder as they go along. Okay, great. Next one. Bo Burnham or Phoebe Bridgers. <laughs> okay. First one. You say the ocean's rising like I give a shit. You say the whole world's ending. Honey, it already did. You're not going to slow it. Heaven knows you tried. Jet. Next one. The billboard said the end is near. I turned around. There was nothing there. Yeah, I guess the end is here. Bo Burnham, Phoebe Bridgers. Correct. Good job. Last one. Bo Burnham or Noam Chomsky? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What? First one. You cannot control your own population by force, but it can be distracted by consumption. Okay. Second one. The simple narrative taught in every history class is demonstrably false and pedagogically classist. Can you get those to me one more time? You cannot control your own population by force, but it can be distracted by consumption. The simple narrative taught in every history class is demonstrably false and pedagogically classic. Classist, sorry. Tomsky Burnham. Correct. Good job. Boom. Three for three. Great job. So the the third one was the hardest because um, clearly to you, like a a very good idea for constructing the game is you didn't, Mm -hmm. um, you didn't pick one that rhymed. So I got, but that's the thing is, so honestly, the way I kind of reasoned my way through those is Bo Burnham is um, is way better at this than I will ever be. And I'm not going yeah. to, um, I'm not going to for a second, like be like, oh yeah, we're very similar in this way. But like, you know, I, I've, I've done music before I've written music. I've performed music before. And yep. Bo Burnham is very hyper metered. Yes. Yes. Like his stuff is extremely, extremely wordy and very metered, which is something I appreciate because I'm very similar when I write music. Like I, yeah. I, stick to a really intense meter 
um, which I love it when people don't like one of my favorite one of my favorite songwriters ever, Laura Jane Grace, says meters and rhymes are stupid 98% of the time and just literally writes essays and then just sings them in whatever rhythm works. Um, and I think that's incredible. And the confidence it takes to do that, I think is amazing. But I am, um, yeah, so that was kind of like the way that I figured out those first two is I was like, which one has a meter that is more intense? Yeah. That's a good way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, I mean, that's all of his music and I, I I appreciate the hell out of it because it's, it's, you have to be like, he has to be incredibly smart to, to do that and make it make sense and make it feel musical. And I, I really love it. Congratulations. He's actually a genius. Oh yeah. Dude's, dude's really good at what he does. <laughs> at um, his job, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did just send y'all, I will highlight this, that if you, look for Noam Chomsky, Chomsky quotes on brainyquotes.com as I did, they will automatically, for whoever's quotes you're looking for, they'll just like automatically make little, um, little graphic that you can, you know, I don't know, post to your Instagram with the quotes on them. Or did you see the one I just sent you? I can't wait to no, post this on Instagram. I hope you do. It's a Noam, Ch- it's Noam Chomsky's If the Nuremberg Laws Were Applied, then every post-war American president would have been hanged, Noam Chomsky, but it's over a background of like a very serene ocean with the sun going down behind it. It, looks like, a li- it looks like a live, laugh, love background, but it's about how every president's a war criminal. Oh, it's really good. That's amazing. I yeah, do love it's really it. Good. It's great. Um, all right. Well, congratulations. Really good job. Are you ready to go? Are you ready to get inside? Uh, as ready as I'll ever be. Um, all ears on this podcast put your put your press your fucking play button all ears on this podcast do we want to loop ourselves in with the uh the 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 onslaught of content that is ruining bo burnham but because we could be like we can be if we want to it is it would be both okay It is both like really self-aggrandizing to be like, ah, yes, there is any chance that Bo Burnham will listen to this podcast. But it is also objectively true that us taking part, that us putting this show out into the internet is in some small way a part of that, a part of that machine. For sure. Yeah. I like to think that I get to get together once a week with two of my best friends and talk about movies. But me, me too. And that's why, why can't I like we just it. just do that over coffee? Why does it have to become content? We don't have to mind that. I don't know. Yeah, we, we don't have not, to mind that. To talk. This movie, you know, I'll tell you this, whatever, I'm going to call it a movie. It's something we kind of talked about yeah. the first half. Yeah, it's weird. Like this movie is, it's a comedy special and a documentary and a, and a feature film and like an album, like a, you know, like a series of music videos. It's, it's a lot of stuff. I'm going to call it a movie. Um, yeah, this movie doesn't make me self-reflective at all. I, I, I'm not That's funny. that. That's funny. A man, a man who, I would say if you saw me in the street, dear listener, you might go so far as to say, ah, yes, that man is doing a Bo Burnham cosplay. Um, movie inside honestly you're so right 
I would not have really, I mean, in just that you are, uh, that you are uh, white men with yeah. dark blonde slash light brown hair and yeah. you have, um, you know, tastefully shaggy. Yeah, like, like shag, shaggy, hair and shaggy, shaggy hair and beard, shaggy yeah. hair and beard, white guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's talk about let's talk about Barbara's inside. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, it's wonderful. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, it's a really good piece of self expression. Um, Bo, please get help. Uh, um, <laughs> men will literally, men will literally write, direct, and star in. A genre-defining comedy special rather than code of therapy. You're so uh, right. Um, first things first, and this is going to serve as both a content warning and also the very, very, very first thing in this film that made me go, Jesus. Yeah. Which is, uh, I sit down on my couch. Uh, let's see. How did my yesterday go exactly? Um, it was Sunday, and I watched a lot of films for this podcast. I watched... Uh, I, 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 one of the films that I had previously seen, I threw on and I folded all of my laundry mm. and I sat on my bed and it was, uh, you know, and it was, uh, it was good. And I live, I live in the city, you know, I live like in the city proper and I was getting a little hungry. So I hopped in my little car and I drove to the little Taco Bell around the corner for me that I easily could have walked to. And I, I got, I got, I got a few, got a few, got, got a few menu items, went back up to my room, settled in on my couch or on my bed with my cat. I uh, type in inside on Netflix. I click play. And then it says rated R language suicide. And I said, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I said, Jesus. And uh, so let that serve as a content warning. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I am very intrigued by this. Mm -hmm. I think Bo Burnham is too smart for his own good. But in yes. a way that I find to be very, very compelling. It's the, I'm skipping ahead here, but it's, it's the genius of the unpaid intern bit. Yes. Where it's the most perfect, it's the most perfect, like, externalized description of, like, what being a person who is fairly self-aware of themselves feels like in a negative way which is just like you do a thing you have no choice but to but to think about and comment on the way that you did the thing and how you do things and despite knowing how you do things that does not necessarily make you do things any differently or any better it just adds a third even worse voice in the back of your head that's going like you know how you do stuff you piece of shit like why can't you change Yes. Um, so let's just kind of go through. I songs. we should just go through the songs. Yeah, I was thinking that too. I think that's the way to do it. Um, so the first one being content, cute. Very, very cute. Daddy made you some content. Open wide. Daddy made you some content. Um, is there really any more? Like it, it, that that is really as we talk about a lot what we talk about. Um musicals mm -hmm. uh it's a very good opening number in that it really sets the yeah. stage uh, yeah for it's what's about to happen a great entract um because i think there are these two like well there's a lot of little threads in this in this movie there's these two main threads which are both like okay well how is Bo 
approaching these topics, which every everything he's done basically since like 2014 has been a riff on these fucking topics. Have been, you know, he is so obsessed with the internet and like the saturation of popular culture and daily life and like what the internet and constant access do to us and like the oncoming tide of fascism and climate change and like how that stuff all goes together and what that is doing to us. And everything he does is just another meditation on that. So you have that. And then you also have the other thread that has a lot of juice in this movie is the, the part of this that is a documentary of, well, what can he do? Like what, what are the, what are the rules and what are the bounds of what can be created in this one room by one person? Yes. And, and content um, is the, gives you a little peek into both of those things. Yeah. And, um, I booked a haircut, but it got rescheduled. Funny oh, joke. Pretty funny joke. Cause, uh, Cause, uh, I'm sure it did. Yep. As um, many things did. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, that's, that's a pretty good, I think we can, I think we can move on. Yeah. Um, because the next one is fucking great. Comedy is uh, the thing I always say about this song is that uh, Bo Burnham has a background gag in this song that is a better encapsulation of my graduate thesis than my seventy-five page graduate, graduate thesis. thesis. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 is the, what is the gag? Because I, the, I fought the urge to pause it to read yeah. his whiteboards because That's while the, I'm sure they were yeah. clever and brilliant, I was like, no, I want to I want to like watch this. I want to. Yeah, it. the 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 whiteboard where he's like, is it okay to joke about this? And it's just it's this web of like, well, is it punching down? But like, what is punching down? Like, who you know? And it's this like endless web of. Well, what does this actually mean in contest? Well, is it funny? Would somebody laugh at it? Like, but is laughing a good thing always? Do we need to assume that like, just because you laugh at something that means it's moral? Like, well, what does, does art have to be moral? Like it's, it's just an interconnected web of like forcing yourself to do the math of like, is this joke offensive? Which is in and of itself, the fact that someone would even have to create that is in and of itself a telling joke about that idea. Yes. Yeah. Um, the lines, the world is so fucked up, systematic oppression, income inequality, the other stuff. The other stuff. Really good. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, <sighs> dude, I don't know how we're going to talk about this. <laughs> are we just going to go through well, every line that that's a funny joke and move on? Yeah. Well, because like, if you talk about what it's the thing about this movie that is so effective and, and like you watch this movie and you feel like you're going into a fucking trance. Like by the time he gets to, by the time he gets to that funny feeling, really, you've only been watching the movie for like an hour, like an hour. It feels like it's been going on for fucking five days because it like it's construction and it's like, and it's subject matter are so cyclical yes and and it is so much about just like really everything like like i said everything he talks about he says in the first song there there's really no new information after that first song yeah yeah um and i mean there's there's a lot of really and and it's the thing with bo burnham is every single line is somehow three jokes Mm -hmm. um just the whole fucking uh there's only one thing i can do about it while being pain and being the center of attention just a Jew walks into a bar and he save him a seat. He save him a seat. It's 
It's one of my favorite jokes in the whole thing. It's so good. Yeah, it's 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 this song about Bo's uncomfortability with just like his profession. Like he is this dude who is so he's a fucking genius, but he's so burdened with the fact that like why is this the thing I'm good at? Like why like I'm smart enough to be really good at this. And by that same token, like me being smart enough to be a really good subversive comedian means that I'm also smart enough to know that this isn't fucking doing anything. And like, and that's like the base anxiety that he's had since his fucking first comedy. He's got like, there's this song off his first album that hit me like a ton of bricks in high school where he's singing about how like all art is just fundamentally really selfish. And like, he's still 10 years later, really fucking like really concerned with that idea and he can't escape it because the only thing he knows how to do is to make art about it and that just feeds the problem again right um i i i think this song is brilliant and i think it really speaks for itself um because every line is very funny yes and it's very depressing um and the next one is facetime with my mom which is cute a song that I'm sure he probably wrote before the pandemic and works as a joke pre-pandemic, but you sing it in the context of the pandemic and it gets like five times funnier. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a pretty good joke. Yeah. Um, Here's the one that I want to talk about is how the world works. Yes. Because, okay, first of all, the whole like the sock being in the liminal space and be like, no, please mm-hmm. God, no, please don't take <laughs> me off your hand um Sako, great character Sako for president is hysterical yeah but this is the thing that like i have been wrestling with for the last few years mm-hmm. um that like i don't have an answer to i don't think you do either but i think it, it it bears discussion which is i genuinely don't know what it means that giant corporations such as netflix in the case of this, or mm-hmm. I said this, you know, I said this to a lesser extent, but it's true about the Suicide Squad with uh, by Warner Brothers. And um, I, I don't mean this to be pedantic, but the yeah. Suicide Squad or Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. And like Andor. Oh, Disney I see what you're making, yeah. Is like, these things are like, hi kids, here's information directly out of the communist manifesto yeah and like these giant for-profit companies like yeah Bo, go ahead put that out yeah yep yeah like i hate to be that bitch but like let's get let's get as depressing as Bo gets in this i guess yes we lost yeah right (laughs) because like no no yeah it's like well look it's like if the giant corporation is okay with that going out there it means that they are in some ways, it probably reflects a level of confidence in the hands of the bourgeois. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it's not really going to do anything. And, like, that's what, to some extent, that's what this special is dealing with, I think, also, is that feeling. Is is being like, wait, I can say this as much as I want, and nobody's stopping me. But also, nothing's getting any better. Yeah. And what does that mean? Like, it's it's... It's also very, I mean, there's a lot of examples of this. I also think about, have you seen or listened to Hadestown? Um, not really. It is like, 
so there's, you know, we went to theater school, you know, like Augusta Boal, I'm not, I did not pronounce his name correctly, but Augusta Boal, uh, you know, is like in, in his idea of like theater for the oppressed, like puts out this manifesto essentially stating that like any theater that is uh, done in for mass market consumption has to be fundamentally anti-revolutionary because in order for it to get enough, like theater is such an expensive thing to produce that like in order for it to get the capital in order to be created, it cannot be on the side of the people. Like it just can't be. It needs to in some way have themes that are anti-revolutionary or do not fully, you know, come across as like 100% leftist. Um, and like, that's kind of how you get stuff like, we'll, we'll talk about this a lot in two weeks, but like, this is how you get stuff like, like Rent, um, which I think is a really bad example of that, or like Hamilton, which as we said, this is a fairly pro-Hamilton podcast. It is very like uppercase liberal. It does not get, you yeah. know, it does not, you know, it, it does a lot of work to change to change the audience's perception of what the myth of the founding fathers is, but it never like usurps it a hundred percent as probably it should. Yes. Um, and then something like Hades town comes out, which is really is, is literally mythical and is really highly metaphorical. Um, and like operates on that mythic level of, of like, Oh, you know, poetry. But it's still just about the most fucking anti-capitalist thing that I've seen in a large theater. And it is, it won the Tony Award for, you know, for, for best new musical. And I'm like, well, fuck, does that. Like, are we cooked? Like, are we, like, are we done? Yeah. I'm like, I don't, I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, okay. So it's, it's like, well, Augusta Boyle is probably a little wrong about some stuff it's it's one of those like ah well you know marx didn't really think about like what capitalism would do in these situations so the theory doesn't hold up 100 percent. but also there is this sneaking like oh shit are we in the bad timeline thing that happens when i watch that yeah yeah but i'll say the flip side of that i think the only positive thing about that is that i do go see i saw hades town earlier this year i saw it i went and saw it for my birthday and I'm sitting in that theater with a mass market crowd, you know, with uh, old people and and uh, screaming teenage girls and, uh, you know, all manner of people from all walks of, walks of life. And as much as I get to the end of it, I go, wow, this is a really stunningly poetic denunciation of the system of capitalism. I do look around and I go, I don't necessarily know if everyone else here reads that from this play. Right. Um, and for that reason, I'm like, okay, well, you know, that's the power of art. It can be subversive. It can say things without saying them necessarily. But then you do have stuff like this where it's like, no, Bobo just comes out and say, I mean, he has to put the words like, I guess the, the thing there is he does have to put those words in the mouth of a cartoon sock puppet. And yes. in doing that, it does abstract them such that you can... If you're an investor at Netflix, you can look at it and you go like, oh, well, he's kind of making fun of that. Right. And like, he, he's making fun with it, but he's not really making fun of it. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and it becomes this thing of like the flip side of that. The other reading of that, too, is like it's yeah. so it's so obvious. It's so elementary mm-hmm. that like a sock puppet can teach yeah. it to children you know yeah um and yeah it is uh 
like it was very funny i i very much enjoyed it mm-hmm. uh but i am just like it does send a little bit of a chill down my spine because i'm just yeah. like i'm just like fucking netflix a company that is on the brink of failure at every second of the day yeah um sees we, that and it's like yeah that'll make us some money that'll uh, make uh, us enough money <laughs> A company that we were going to record this episode like a week ago and we had to push it back because I had to call my mom and be like, mom, can I move you money so I can have access to the Netflix? Yeah. Because <laughs> they decided to change the rules the the first time I had opened up Netflix in probably three months. Yeah, no, for real. Yeah. Um, I do think, okay, here's the other thing about the sock puppet thing that I do think is less the exact point of what it is in this, but it's a thing that I think about a lot in in respect to that is like, so the whole thing is that it's like a gag on like a children's, you know, like a fun, a fun little song about how things go for, for children. The way it starts right. is, is like, oh yeah, the birds and the bees and the way things go and, you know, everything kind of works in this system and like, isn't that cute? Sock Pup comes out, says, well, no, actually the world's built on blood and enslavement and, you know, the capitalists and the capitalists and the colonizers won a long, long time ago. And like, that's why the world is like this. And uh, it it both is a really good bit of just like, well, there is something about children's media that has to be affirming to the system because it's really fucked up to look at a child and be like, yeah, so everything's fucked. The world is built on blood. Your ancestors were slaves. Like it's, that's yeah. like you can't do that to a kid or they will grow into a massively antisocial weirdo and like i don't know what the solve for that is it's like i don't there is just a thing about teaching things to kids where you cannot really accurately describe the brutality of so much of history and yet in order to properly socialize children you do need to teach them about the world and there's a really odd circle to square there it is like Again, I think in a in a much better society than the one we live on now, there would be a an actual, you know, there'd be like a discussion of like, okay, and it's happening now of like, okay, well, how do we teach racism to kids? Like, what do we, how do we go about doing it? And right. like, there's a whole world of like, really smart, like, well-educated, interesting people that have nuanced opinions about how you do that. And like, I think even they are like, well, we need to try that. Like you need to experiment. You need to try things. You need to introduce them to things in different ways. And then there's a whole, you know, fucking 55% of the country who's just like, that's bad. You can't do that. Yeah. And they are wrong and tools of the governing elite in a lot of ways. But, you know, you do kind of understand the impulse of like, well, I don't want to tell kids about the bad stuff. Right. That's a little, that's a little fucked. Like you can't, you know. But there's a difference between yeah. There's a difference between telling kids all of the worst atrocities of humanity and mm-hmm. raising children to believe the exact opposite of what those people believe, right? Because it's like yeah. that's like the yeah. like the a lot of the like quote unquote like critical race theory uh, or a lot of the quote unquote like anti racist stuff that I see that is for children is not like mm-hmm. okay kids and fucking like cops are like brutal monsters who are out there to murder you and your family it's much more like it is much more like affirming like hey like look at all of these people around you and like look at like 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 here's how we we're not teaching a child what racism is you're just teaching a child 
how to not be a racist to be the opposite of that but uh yeah which is also funny because that's how you get the uh children's book all colors are beautiful and that's how you get a cab written on the side of a new york city police car yeah you're not on twitter are you no you didn't see this oh, i hate what you. is you what is this it's like th- so there's a there's a, a children's coloring book it's like an anti-racist okay. coloring book it's all colors yeah. are beautiful which, oh. is, a cab, which is a very good thing on the part of the on the part of the the the, the person who wrote that Oh my and god. There was a for for Pride Month, there was a uh a uh NYPD cruiser commissioned which which sought to uh be a pride police cruiser and there was a rainbow and underneath it they had in multicolored fonts all colors are beautiful <laughs> which is how for like two minutes the new the chief of the New York oh. City police tweeted out a cap. And then it seems like that where I'm like, oh no, these people are idiots. We're, we're getting, yeah, we yeah, what the kind? They're dumb. They got this the back. Um, That's so funny. Oh my god, we do live. I mean, we live maybe not in the worst possible timeline, but I do in many ways think we live in the most like hilarious, mixed up Mel Brooks possible timeline. Yeah, a lot of the time, the, yeah. we do kind of live in the oops all timeline. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So- Let's okay, move on, on to White Woman's Instagram, where I literally like choked up. And if that, yes. if it went on for another second, I was probably going to start bawling. Yeah. Um, because you know, it's funny. And the entire time I'm like, I'm like, he's not being like super, and it's Bo Burnham, so it's like there's yeah. always that like level of irony. But I'm like, he's not being like super misogynist about this, but I'm like, what's the deal, Bo? yeah what's the deal yeah like couldn't this just be like like you know white person's instagram or like what's the deal why we why we why we dunk it on why we why we dunk it on ladies and then he gets to the bit where she is doing the post about her dead mom yeah and that shit hit me like a ton of bricks (laughs) it was so fucking sad yeah. And like if that little like bridge of that song went on for another 10 seconds, I would have been bawling. Yeah. Because like when I found out what he was doing, I was like, oh my God, no, no. Yeah. Like, stop. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Let me hug you. Because Touch. it's such a good, a good illustration of how we all know that like Instagram is bullshit. None of it's mm-hmm. real. So much of it is so cultivated. And yet. It is also one of the only tools we have to communicate with the outside world. Yeah. Yeah, especially in the context of the pandemic. Yeah. And it's like, again, where you're following the two tracks of like what he's saying and also the like just the fact that every new song, like the way he is choosing to express this thing is often the most interesting thing about it because he's working within the limitations of one guy sitting in this room with a camera and nothing else yeah and like so you watch that it's like well god these like vistas that he's recreating are so like he is he has captured these images so lovingly that like it's kind of ironic that the text of the song is talking about how they're stupid bullshit you know yeah because they look so nice. And then he gets to that. There's a, yeah, I mean, there's some levels to it. Is the, you know, the one level of like, this is ridiculous. And also this is the only way we can communicate. And also yeah. like, 
Well, the particular way that women are cringy is just like, well, God, women are actually in touch with their emotions and isn't being publicly in touch with your emotions the most cringeworthy thing you can do? Uh, yeah, like, it just, it really like fucked me up there for a yeah. second because it was just like, oh God, I don't know. Yeah. Boy, um, okay, unpaid intern. Yeah, already, you can, you already can talked about. One, I, like, already, I already talked cute, about but... it. Yeah, I already talked about it. It's yeah, that's uh, what my brain feels like all the time. Um, it is also, I'll say another another thing that's cringy is for a, a, a straight man with a podcast to look at Bo Burnham and go hashtag literally me. <laughs> <laughs> the terrible purpose of that must be laid at my feet. Bezos, number one. Uh, funny, fun little bit. I think mostly to me, the thing that is interesting about that song is that how it has become a fucking TikTok meme. Yeah, like half of these all have. Yes, yes. Because, well, like, is... Look Who's Inside Again has. Yep, uh, yep, yep. All Eyes on Me has. Uh, Welcome to the Internet yep. has. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Just, like, I, I'll say specifically to the Jeffrey Bezos thing that, like, the that, like, clip, which is both the way that clips of sound, have, you know, can get completely robbed of their initial context is something that I think is, like, really... Is, is something that's really inherent to like the format of TikTok. Like, is is something that I'm like, well, this is a media form that is so different from anything we've ever experienced. Because like, it's odd that I that somebody can do the Jeffrey Bezos song and I can ask them like, oh, you like that Bo Burnham? And they'll be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, they don't even know. Not only do they not know the song, they don't know where it comes from. They, they, they I, it's weird that you can have conversations with people. I there is um. I have had conversations with people. I work with a lot of people in their early 20s, a lot of like Gen Z kids. And they will make references to me. And I will be like, oh, you like X pop culture thing that I also enjoy. Let's talk about that. And they'll be like, what are you talking about? That's a TikTok thing. Like the way that all pop, it's the thing that Poburn talks about. <laughs> Fucking welcome to the internet. But the fact that like TikTok has become the umbrella of like, well, all of this shit has gotten turned into a sludge of content it's none of it is attributable to anything we have robbed everything of its context and because this is the app where we get it all it is all attributed to well it's tiktok that's what it is right yeah like it's makes me feel like an old man waving his fist at the clouds but also i find it to be like kind of legitimately upsetting (laughs) like it's a little wacky um all right sexting Fucking funny. Yeah. Funny one. Just just yeah. funny. Just funny. Yeah, just a good little, a good little haha. One of those where you go and you go, yeah, it's, a, it's a, another one where I'm like, could definitely see that that was like a song he had in his back pocket that he was kind of working with. And then the pandemic hits. And it's funny outside of the pandemic. It is like five times more funny within it. Yes. Because, you know... I'll reveal about my some something about myself right now. I never sexted once in my life until the COVID nineteen pandemic. <laughs> oh, the time in which uh, that became a thing that everyone had to do for a little while. Um, look who's inside again. Sad. Yep. Sad. Uh, problematic. I really like the. Okay, the thing about this one is I really like the music. Yeah. I really like the, the the 80s synth pop of problematic. I really enjoy. 
Yeah. In terms of just raw saw construction, I think it's one of my favorites in the in the in the movie. Yeah. And the video is great. Yes. Um yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Like looking at the lyrics right now, just the Aladdin costume is funny. It's really good. Oh, it's still it. What do I do? Do I burn it? That feels that feels worse. That feels bad too. Okay, here's it. This is a this is a very serious question. Yeah. Is like, hmm. I'm just gonna ask it. Is that bad? Like, if you put on the Disney yeah. Aladdin clothes and you say, "I'm Aladdin," is that that bad? This is a thing I think about a lot. Because, do you remember and I this? Know. I don't know. I can't, like, I, that's kind of the thing. Is like, uh, it's 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 kind of the thing of that word problematic. Like, what that means to us now in this culture is like, I feel like that word has undergone like five revolutions of meaning, and now we've all kind of for the most part, arrived at this thing where it's like, it means something that like, well, you can't look at it and like any reasonable person would not look at that and say, oh, that's completely fine. And no reasonable person would look at it and go, well, that's horrible racist bullshit and you deserve to be punished for it. It's just like, it's the word you use to describe a thing just kind of induces a feeling of like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Like, like, it reminds me a lot of, um, do you remember, like, I feel like this was years ago at this point. This child is probably, like, a teenager. But that kid at, like, that school in the South who they were doing, like, a, you know, dress up as somebody from history. Like, an important person in history. And a little white kid won as MLK. And, like, didn't didn't do blackface. Didn't, like, Bo Burns says this, oh, I didn't make my skin brown, but still feels weird. Like, didn't do the blackface, just did like the suit and the mustache. Uh-huh. And was like, I'm being okay. You know, like I know, you know, Martin Luther King Jr., a very important person, you know, a good and important person in American history, and I'm representing him. And like he got kicked out of school. Like he got some backlash because the teacher was like, Don't do that. He was the kid was upset. And it's like, ah, gee, I don't know. Is that bad? I I, it's one of those things where it's like, fuck, I guess it's just kind of the world is so fucked that it kind of has to be because it's like even any is like you put one toe in the blackface pool and it just kind of poisons everything because that is such a sure. painful thing. But also like if you take it out of the context of that and you go, well, yeah, it's a white kid. Like this child understands that Martin Luther King Jr. is an important and good person. That is a fundamentally good thing. And the fact that he's a person that he wishes to embody and represent is also good. Like is no, nobody would argue against that. Yeah. And the Aladdin thing is kind of similar where it's like, well, it is like a cartoon character. He is like, he's from Agrabah, which is like not really a country. Right. And I guess, I guess at the end of the day is where white people, so our opinion, like literally. Yeah. Like, matter. yeah, no, but like, I'm just thinking like, you know, like if I had a kid and the kid like wanted to go with Miles Morales for Halloween. Yeah. I'm just like, I'll I'll buy you that costume. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Like, but I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't. I don't know. And I don't have a kid. So it's not yeah. a problem. But like, you know, I'm just thinking like, I'm just thinking it's, about that. It's like I had a. Oh, Cause God. Because I've, I've, I've always said that as an example to like shitty white people who are like, I don't mm -hmm. understand why going like in blackface is bad. Like, why can't. I mean, not that I've like said this to real people I know because they don't mm -hmm. know people like this, but that's always been my argument when I see this yeah. online is like, if you want to go as Miles Morales for Halloween, 
uh, buy the Spider-Man costume and wear it. Yeah, yeah. And, like, yeah. don't fucking, like, don't fucking darken your skin, you piece of shit. <sighs> but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, we're, we're, we're white people, so our opinion, like, actually literally doesn't matter yeah. in this. But my, my argument against dumb racists online who are, like, I don't see why going as this character is bad. The thing I've always said is going as mm-hmm. the character is not bad if you want to go as that character dress up in the costume yeah. like dress up in their clothing and uh yeah. say i'm this character and maybe yeah. that's not enough i don't know maybe that's not enough maybe yeah. uh but i don't know but uh i, I would I'm i like, would i will listen yeah. to what other people have to say about it as as a nervous white man were i in that situation i would simply try to employ various sitcom dad various sitcom dad chicaneries in order to convince my child to pick a different Halloween costume. Not, not, you know, so that I had to, basically so that I didn't have to make the moral decision. So I could, I could just skate through and not have to, like, choose. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, um. All right. Next one. I almost mentioned this. So we're going to do, we are in a couple, you might be able to put this together by listening to this, but in a couple of episodes, we're going to be doing uh, an episode on a movie also about a character who's about to turn 30 years old. And I is that I have no idea. Uh, I don't think you've watched it yet. But I when have we not. did, when we <laughs> did the first part of that movie, I almost mentioned like, oh, hey, there's a connection between these two characters, and then I didn't because the re- and I'm glad because rewatching it, I was reminded that the reveal of he is going to turn thirty in front of the camera, like, put a pit in my stomach that sat there <laughs> until I was several hours after I was done watching the movie. Both times I watched it. Totally. Um, yeah. Here's my thing that I thought yeah. about a lot watching this film. Yeah. Is um, we don't know how much of this is, is real. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. That's another thing I wanted to get into later. I'm glad we're getting into it now, though. Because. Yeah, we just don't. Yeah. Uh, and. I mean, it's that thing we talk about uh, with art all the time. And we talked about this. What was the, oh, we were talking about it in the dog day afternoon episode is when we're like, we're like, oh, having the, having the, having the guts, just like this shit's fucking true. Mm -hmm. The shit's true. I'm kind of like you said, just like, well, isn't like, you know, isn't, isn't capturing like human feeling, human emotion, like the, the human life experience. Isn't that just as if not more true than properly reciting factual events and so there is that question with this of just like i mean uh that all of this feels really authentic and it feels really cathartic to watch a lot of this but like did i actually see real footage of bo burnham actually hitting his 30th birthday or Mm -hmm. did he do a couple takes and pick the best one and that is a thing that he wrote because it was a thing he was dealing with and he put his feelings into art and Mm -hmm. I don't know that it matters. I don't know that it does matter, but it doesn't matter. But I, but also but, it matters so much. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, allowing allowing yourself to believe that that is what you're watching is really hugely important to it working. Um, right, and and that was the thing that I thought about a lot through this is I was like, well, that's probably not, you know, like. This yeah. is all constructed. This is all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like so much, and we're, we're about to get into the second half, which really 
starts to, you know, you know I already said content warming, but the beginning of the second half really starts to ramp up the, the suicide stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but like so much of the, the background, the construction, like because he does such a good job of it, the beginning, it starts with content of like every song he is making you so aware of like, look what I'm doing in this room. Look what I'm doing in this room. It's me and one camera. Look what I'm doing. I'm reminding you all the time of I'm doing this with nothing. So that you're never not aware that what you're seeing is something that he worked on over the course of a long period of, of this long period of time. You're, you know, very rarely do, do you really let yourself like just kind of fall into the performance. So there is always that lingering question of like, is this real? Is this fucking real? I don't, I don't know. And it's, it really fits, I think, with the thing of turning 30, which like is in like a real way does not matter. It is a fake construct that we as humans have like it's a boundary a time boundary that we put up to mean i don't know you know whatever and like but you know the fact that you think turning 30 is a stressful thing means that it is it's a self-reinforcing construct yeah and like that's what the that's what that's what that is yeah 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 the fact that he's making you think it's real means it's real just like your ages yeah and uh, I think I, I I was thinking about this a lot watching it. Is it, I I think if I watched this at the height of COVID, I think this would have broken me. Um, watching it now, I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, because like I I mean I think about this with a lot of media that is not COVID re- uh, related. That just the stuff that I watched during COVID, the stuff that I read during COVID, or like the restaurants that I got takeout with during COVID is like, despite the fact that there is such a memory Mm -hmm. like tied up and like, well, I was confined to these spaces. So like, of course I'm going to remember it. It's like a lot of those things are very like burned into my brain. Mm -hmm. Like, I think you could go back through my letterbox and uh, you could pick any movie I watched in the year of 2020. And I could tell you if I watch it in my bed, in my couch, in my living room, in my partner's living room, or in my partner's bed on their laptop, or like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, yeah, t- yeah. I, I think I could tell you where I watched every single one of those movies because that experience is just so burned into yeah. my psyche. Um, it's the only new stimulus you got. Yeah. And so, so much of your day in COVID was nothing so it just kind yeah. of fell into the abyss of your memory yeah yeah and so i um i was watching this and i was like oh i think this would have broken me if i was sitting on my couch in that house uh where i spent all of that time i was like and i watched this on tv i think it would have broken me if i would have been laying in my bed uh with where where i had my tv at the end of my bed uh and in the room that through covid my uh, renovation project was i painted it green i was like i think this would have broken me um but watching it now i'm just kind of like i'm just kind of like ah yes what a quaint little time when we just sat on our couch on our little couches and watched our little netflix i remember like you you saying that brought me back in a really visceral way i was like oh yeah i remember what the futon i had in grad school that i sat on through COVID. like i remember what it felt like when i put my hand on it you know like yeah because it was again the only fucking stimulus I got for a year and a half. So like, yeah, of course I remember exactly that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, watching this 
the week it came out, which was like right, I think, I think I might have gotten one dose of the vaccine. I don't, I don't think I'd gotten my second. And yeah, it was not, I, I was, the first half of this I said, I was like, I'm really worried this is just going to pull me right back. And in some ways it did. I went, oh shit, I remember that. But also we are now far enough away from it that it does feel, it feels, a, okay, it feels like we are friends. We went to college together. It feels like when we talk about stuff that happened at college that was bad, you know, where we will have yeah. these conversations. We will have, you and I will have these conversations where, you know, we'll we'll go out, we'll get coffee or we'll get some drinks or whatever. And we'll talk about like, oh yeah, wasn't like when blank was dating blank and they did blank with blank, wasn't that fucked up? And you're like, yeah, that was really fucked up. And you can remember the good old days. It. Yeah, remember, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're like, John. Remember, remember those two months where everyone was really sad, like, you know, and, and you can bring yourself back there, but you're far enough away from it that it's like, God, I, I, I feel it, but it's, it's a bit of a dream now. It's far enough away that it's, yeah, there's a level of, of, of abstraction that, you know, uh, that being said, the first like three songs in the, after the intermission, the, the second half are all about Bo's descent into suicidal thoughts. Yeah. Um, which is pretty rough, pretty, uh, pretty freaking rough. I do still use, I, I will say anytime I have something rough happen in my own life, I still use the terminology. I'm at an ATL. I say that to people all the time and an ATL that's an all time low. Ugh. It's, uh, it's really, I don't even know what to, there's nothing to fucking say about it. It's, it's, it's rough. Um, okay. We got to talk about welcome to the internet. Uh, the the best ten minutes of musical theater I've seen in the last three years. Yeah, I might agree with that. I I think I thought very vividly through the entire thing. I'm like, Bo Burnham needs to write a fucking stage musical. Oh, he does so badly. He does. That's like I don't know. I don't. I mean, whatever. Do whatever you want to do. But I to me that feels like such a clear expansion of his thing. You know. Um, yeah. Because he's such a fucking theater kid. Like, he understands the rhythms of musical theater and, like, how to write a song that leans into its own theatricality. And, like, that. this is such a great example of that. Yeah. Um, it's also a perfect encapsulation of the thing that he sets up in content of, like, I've never... There is a lot of talk given towards, you know, we now live in this era of, meta, like, metamodernism of, you know, the the infinite... You know, the infinity of all possibilities at all times is something that weighs so heavily upon our minds. It's like why it's probably like why everything everywhere all at once wins best picture. Um, nothing really encapsulates that feeling to me like this song does. Yes. Yeah, it's the clearest expression of that thing to me of I wake up in the morning and I know that I am one swipe and one click away from having just a direct, clear fucking line to all information that has ever been collected it, throughout all of humanity. Yes. Being beamed at me, dictated by an AI written by a corporation. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the fucking fucking line, here's a tip for straining pasta. Here's a nine-year-old that died. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's God. I mean, it's like, it's both so fucking obvious because it is just the reality that we all live in now. It's one of those that it's it's the fucked up thing about humans that we're all it's it's both why we have survived so long and also like the really fucked up thing about our psychology, which is that we're so really fucking good at just resetting to baseline at just normalizing things to the point where like 
over the course of 10 years, let's say, you know, whatever, let's say from when did the iPod come out? Like 2007, 2008, you uh, know, Facebook. Yeah, something like that. Fa- it, no, earlier than that. The iPod would have been like 2000, like 2004 or five, but go on. Okay. Like, you know, mid early aughts, that's there for a while. Facebook goes wide at the end of that decade. And like from that to 2020, like the way that we all interact with each other as a species changed in a way more fundamentally than it probably ever has in human history. And it happened quicker than any fundamental change like that in society has ever happened. And like, because we're all so good at just being like, yes, this is normal. This is fine. I have adjusted. Like, if you go out of your way and say like, hey, isn't it fucked up that like, like, isn't it fucked up? Or like, isn't it just weird? Isn't this like, maybe we should slow down everyone's like no it's normal like what are you talking about it's normal it's the most normal thing in the world yeah that it it like kind of becomes almost gauche to say like yeah we've oh yes well our all of our you know intersocial relationships have fundamentally changed over the last five years in a way that's completely unprecedented and everybody goes like oh yeah whatever and rolls their eyes like it's yeah i mean how many times how many times have you heard yeah. been a part of or heard or just like been in the room while these two sentences are said with this exact uh with this exact uh inflection mm-hmm. which is oh how did you two meet tinder yeah. tinder like yeah fucking we understand that it's embarrassing and yet it is the way that most people meet nowadays. Like, <sighs> like it's, uh, it's so, so fucked and like, God, and like kids are, you know, there's this like unprecedented rise in like teenage mental health crises. And like, we're all like, why? Like, how, like what, what could possibly be the explanation for this? Yeah. Oh um, God. The thing I will say though is to to not be so old woman yells at cloud. Yeah. Uh, I do think to some degree though it 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 needs must to be said that I do think that a lot of, um, a lot of that is um giving people the tools to be like, hey, the way we've been doing things is really is also really bad for our mental health like before this like yeah I, yeah yeah like, like giving people the tools and the language and the, the, the while mental health services are nowhere near as widespread in this country as they should be they're significantly mm-hmm. more widespread than they were 30 years ago yeah. so i do think there is some of that i think that a lot of that manifests via social media nowadays because that yeah. is how we choose to choose or it has been chosen for us that that is how we will spend our time but like i do just want to be like i, I don't think the ipads are making the kids depressed and gay i don't <laughs> think it's the only depressed and gay but well, they're, 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 they're definitely gay before the depression might be might be all but no i mean yeah, it's certainly it's not the only thing but no but sure god you know i i don't know to the grand social experiment of what social media is while i agree certainly there have been massive upsides like to just be i don't know it's it's the facebook things it's like well we're all just moving fast and breaking things and like i don't know whatever we'll figure it out later let's not stop for a second and consider what the negative externalities of this might be and all of that being said there is this weird thing that i'm experiencing right now in my life of like i am looking at politics i'm seeing that things are actively getting worse i'm looking at the news and things are actively getting worse um and all these things are happening and i'm like interrogating like why we are like this and i'm just like this is all so bad and also 
as I approach 30, I do just feel my brain is deciding to work better. Yeah. <laughs> it's like getting way more chill at the same time. It's like, maybe yeah. it's not all bad. Like, yeah, it's all well, fucking it's, terrible. It's the God. And because this is the way we all, you know, this is the way we all interact with each other is just through via description of a meme we saw. I did see a, I, I saw a meme a couple weeks ago that was just like, it was just a, a you know, a guy. And it was like me during the winter. And it's like everything, you know, existence is suffering. Everything will die one day. There is no point to life. And it's like me during summer. And the guy's just like, oh, I found this rock. You see this rock? Like, this is cool. God, everything's so magical. Like, it's, and it's, I do feel that where half of my brain is like, God, life is bad and things are bad and horrible. And I, I'm constantly obsessing over them. And then the other half of my brain is, yeah, I think it's just one of those things of as you get older, as your, as your brain finishes growing, as you're like, you get out of your teenage years of wild hormonal raging and you kind of settle a little bit. You, you do just gain the ability to look at a tree and just go like, no, it's going to be okay. We're going to be fine. Like there, there are trees. We still have trees. Like we'll, we'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Uh, uh, Basis two, that one happens. Funny, good, yeah. good, good callback. Um, uh, that funny feeling is uh, probably my favorite song. Yeah, it's I'm like looking at the lyrics now. I'm song. kind of blanking on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. It is. I mentioned it before. It's the point in the movie where you feel so settled into the routine of what this is where you're like, have I been watching this movie for three hours? And then it's like, no, this is like an hour in yeah. but like, like just the fact that everything's so dark that it's, it's, it's this really absurd, the vista of it's this really absurd, like one well, playing outside a campfire. I'm playing in front of a campfire, which you assume needs to be taking place outdoors. But of course you know that it's not like right. that level of that level of cognitive dissonance, like really kind of puts your brain in a knot. Yeah. And uh, I just love that song. I love that song. That's the only song that I have not really listened to any of these songs all the way through since I watched it the first time, except for that one, because I listen to it sometimes because I like it. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Here all we right. go. Here we go. All eyes on me. The song I sing the most from this movie. The one I just walk around my apartment and I look at my cat and I go, all eyes on me, all eyes on me, push your fucking... And then he doesn't put his hands up and I get annoyed. But... Who, Jack doesn't? Yeah, Jax doesn't. I okay. say, I tell him, I say, put your fucking hands up. And he doesn't, he, do, he doesn't do it. He doesn't listen. Um, I don't know what exactly it is about this song. Mm -hmm. That chorus is fucking mm -hmm. haunting. Yep. Um, yes, ma'am. Even before I saw this, I had heard it on TikTok and I was like, that's like existentially sad to yeah. me. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's the thing it suggests to me. Again, it's one of these. It's that he's bottling in my mind. He's bottling this feeling that is unique to modernity. You know, it's unique to our like situation now. Where it's like, it, but it's, you know, there is an element of it that is sort of human and universal that goes back forever too. you know, one foot in both camps where it's like, 
The thing that we all want the very, very most as human beings is to look at someone and for them to look back at us and for us to know that they're actually looking at us, that they're like seeing us, being aware of us and like taking us in for who we are. And like that is, I think, the most comforting thing, you know, because evolutionarily fucking the way we're wired, we're these social creatures. And there is this thing that like, the machine gives you, you know, the internet, capitalism, modern society, the thing that all of those forces are trying to sell you is that feeling, is that somebody's looking at you and they know you. That's that's why fucking TikTok is popular because yeah, everybody we get to go on and we get to make a video of ourselves and then people react to it and we think, oh, they're seeing us, they're seeing us. But when you actually look back at that and you realize that that's all a lie, it's all fake, it's all artificial. Everybody's looking at me, but nobody's looking at me. Nobody actually sees me and actually I'm alone. And like me looking at the giant face of this thing that is society in the modern day and like looking back, it looking back at me and me just knowing that that's hollow is uh, maybe it's the worst feeling. It's one of the worst feelings. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I think the chorus is about to me. Yes. And also, like... Like, knowing that you can get all of your needs met by something that doesn't love you is, like, fucked. Like, it it fucks with your head in a really fundamental way. Yeah. Yeah. But also, a thing is, too, is that, like, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about when we were talking about, like, is that actually footage of him turning 30? Yes. Yeah. It's, like... At the same time, the fact that, like, people are out there on TikTok and on Mm -hmm. Instagram and are making content and are making things that you find cathartic Mm -hmm. to watch and, like, that make you laugh and Mm -hmm. that, you know, and that you can do that, too. Like, that's also so fucking real. Yeah, but it's being mediated by a machine. It you is. Know, by the capitalists. Yeah, it like, is, but like what hasn't been? It's a poisoned well. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know? It's a poisoned well, but maybe all the water's poison, you know? Yeah, and so it is that thing of like, I, I, I don't find it to be as bleak as you are putting it, but I think that the fact that we fear that it might be that bleak. Mm-hmm. But also it's all we have. So kind of like you were talking yeah. about earlier with like the deadline of turning 30. It's like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. because we feel it, it is real. But even yeah, though yeah, it's yeah. fake, it's like th- it's, the same has to be true the other way. Mm-hmm. Where like the fact that the, 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 Bo Burnham does not know that I exist. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he wrote the song and was just like, it's not enough to write it. It's that I have to perform it. And like, hopefully in seeing that, like I can comfort or or at least like maybe not even comfort but even like i can like validate somebody else's life that somebody else is feeling this like that is also the most real the most human thing that's ever happened and so even though this is coming to me via the netflix corporation it's and i mean that's the whole thing well and that's and then there's the 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 next level of it too which is a, a thing that is mentioned in this special, obviously, that is mirrored in that song that Bo Burnham gets into more directly in his actual, like, live comedy specials is, like, just the idea of the parasympathetic relationship of, like, when you were an artist, when you were somebody who was performing or speaking to a group of people, 
or even to some extent, people just in their daily lives of, you know, I am I am performing a version of myself publicly. Mm-hmm. And people will look back at that version and say that they love that thing, but that thing is not actually me. Right. You know, like that it's uh, it's a little it's a little existentially confounding if you think about it for a second or two. Yeah. Especially if you think about it for an hour on a fucking podcast. Yeah, especially um, if you talk about it for an hour on a podcast. If you sit in it for an hour and a half yeah. on Netflix and then yeah. Um yeah. Uh what a song. It hurts. And yeah, it hurts. The, you say the ocean's rising like a give a shit. You say the Oof. world's ending. Honey, it already did. Fuck. Oh. Just, you're not going to slow it. Heaven knows you tried. Yeah. Got it good. Now get inside. That's That hurts. Why I used that line in the first half of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that um, uh, really fucking hurts. All right. Let's wrap up. He does... He does goodbye. He does the fake. He does the fake out. The like, you know, the kind of fully, the fake TV sitcom style. He is becoming fully self-aware. He's on his third level of complete self-awareness in producing this special where he's like, look, I know that this thing that I've made is good and it is giving joy to people. But like in doing so, it is actively deteriorating away at who I am. Um and like in order to keep producing it, I can never actually get outside. I could, you know, let's we get outside of our houses eventually. This pandemic fucking ends. But uh, I continue to be a public figure and to create art and to be a person who has human relationships with other people. And some part of me is always trapped in that space. Yes. Because it's a space of, you know, both of social design, but also of my own mental design. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But. Fucked up. It is fucked up. <laughs> oh, we have not touched on it yet because we're mm-hmm. going through the songs, but the bit of him being the streamer. Yeah. It's just day complete. Yeah. Find the flashlight, cry four times. Play piano. It's really good. Very funny. Very funny. It's just X to cry and just like he can't get out. And it's just really good. It's really yeah. good. Oh, yeah, that's in, you know, it's it's also reflects a little bit of the strangeness of, of modern Internet culture. It's like, well, what do we do now? We don't play video games. We watch, we people watch play other video people. Games. Play we video watch games. other people play video games. And uh, in some way, I guess we can kind of experience the feelings they're feeling because it's easier. It's like easier and more palatable to us as human beings to like get a taste of somebody else's emotions rather than feeling our own. Which is yeah. both like both like our great superpower of human empathy and also like a thing that is killing us. Yeah. Uh, it's fucked up. Well, do you have any more thoughts about inside? No, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, me too. As much as me you too. can enjoy yeah, yeah, anything yeah, like this. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's 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 like a lot of Bo Burnham stuff where it's 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 God, it's like eighth grade, which I know you haven't seen eighth grade, but like the thing that I say about that movie and also everyone I know who's seen it is like, wow, that was a great movie. I never want to watch it again. That is the, yeah. like, God, I, I would never like. No, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. Well, Bo Burnham write a musical. 
Yeah, I don't know, do whatever you do want. It. Maybe, you know, hey, Bo, Bo Burnham, go, uh, I don't know, join a monastery. Maybe that'd do it. Yeah, like, do just do whatever. Do whatever uh, you want. But... I mean, he's doing fine. That is, like, the other reality of, like, okay, well, I do know that he didn't, like, literally live in one room for a year, you know, that's where he made the thing. Right. But, like, he was, like, very much dating and living with Lorene Scafaria. Like, all through COVID, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Our couple right there, let me tell you. Yeah. yeah. Hollywood royalty. And, uh, uh yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's everything. I think that's everything yeah. on, on this one for me. Yeah. Corey, do you want to tell the fine people where they can find us on the internet? If you like what you hear, please be sure to like us and subscribe wherever you stream your podcasts. Leaving a review would also really help out the visibility of the show. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, all at HHYNSPod. A very special thank you to our patrons. If you'd like a shout out on the show and bonus content, head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash HHYNSPod. And a very, very extra special shout out to our newest patron, Lola Lyrola. And that is actually all for this season of How Have You Not Seen? We have a few standalone episodes that'll drop before our next season later this summer, but we're going to take our summer break now. However, we will be dropping all sorts of goodies on the main feed. You'll be able to hear some Patreon-exclusive content that you, the listener, will be able to vote on. We're going to replay some of our oldest episodes and some of our episodes with special guests. We'll see you later this summer for more regularly scheduled content, but for now, enjoy revisiting some of your old faves and have a kick-ass summer.